0: So there I was in the midst of this Weapons of Mass Destruction match against uh, my good friend BJ Turner. It was week one of PCW's annual Fight Would Survive team tournament extravaganza, like the summer of hell for, for a lot of the performers because it's nothing but gimmick matches. And I just so happened to be in this Weapons of Mass Destruction match. Uh, the night before, uh, Richard Hill had taken over as creative. For uh uncut pcw uncut which ran on fridays uh he took over for todd diamond who had taken over for me and had made me champion uh <clears throat> kind of like one of his first official acts after replacing me as the creative he put the belt on me so fast forward a few months we're into the summer um and there I am in the midst of this Weapons of Mass Destruction match having lost to Andy Dalton the night before uh, losing the uncut title first night of Richard's regime and now I'm gonna about to take a loss again. And not that wins and losses really are supposed to always matter but at times it can really shape your perception of how things are going. And um, as BJ pulls out these uh, basically wolverine claws um, with like a brass knuckle handle and he's put these blades to my head and my valet at the time also a woman I was seeing uh, Tavia was her valet name Uh, Ashley was or Ash is how I knew her and um, she throws in the towel as the bussies look in disgust or one of the bussies That part I'm not too clear. But I remember distinctly thinking, well, this might be as good a time as any to take a break and to speed up my process. Because I had gotten an invite from Booker T to join his PWA wrestling school. And I had already considered it. And now I was thinking, well, maybe that was the next step and that step was going to happen sooner rather than later later that night I would kind of solidify that decision and it would happen that day or the next day pretty much after a discussion with Ash and uh, Franco uh, D'Angelo and yeah found myself uh, quitting PCW And moving to Houston, kind of all in the like in a real quick, real quick turnaround. It went from, you know, oh, you know, considering it, heavily considering it, um, then getting, you know, having getting gotten the invite. So, uh, so yeah, that's um, at that moment I knew that. I was going to be moving to Houston and my whole life was going to change. And I was really unsure of and really had no way of knowing how much it would change uh, in the span of only a few months. It would go from one frame of mind to a complete other. And uh, that's what I'm going to talk about today. But before I do that, um, and talk about my first initial meeting with uh, Booker T, I would be remiss if I didn't um, thank everyone who has listened to uh, the latest episode, which was titled The Return, as well as any new listeners. Um, and I really want, I am extremely humbled and uh, beyond grateful for the amount and outpouring of support that uh, my return has generated. Um, I was really unsure of how things were gonna go. And in the back of my head, even though I was pretty optimistic because uh, of my uh, you know, particular situation, I also had to be cognizant of the fact that I was still, for all intents and purposes, and will, in some people's eyes, be um, under this this cloud, I've got to be aware of that. Uh, but with that said, I've I feel a certain level of uh, ease at the moment. My anxiety over things is not nearly as um, high as it was prior to the return. So, um, and strangely, it was all encompassing. And maybe like a minute before I go out there, I'm watching back you know watching uh, from the curtain and just kind of in my head about stuff and I realized that my heart rate was really high it got to about 120 when I measured it um, and thankfully I was able to get it down to 54 beats per minute in about 30 seconds and it didn't take 30 seconds it you know it took me a few seconds to realize and then like okay I'm here man nothing you know it's gone so well so far I've just got to you know, nail this, uh, nail this statement, so to speak. And, um, you know, we'll go about our business and, um, you know, I was able to call myself, which, which is really going to be helpful moving forward. Um, you know, because I don't want to have an asthma attack or something like that, you know, especially since I forget my inhaler at times, um, I'm just out of practice you know, I didn't bring it with me. So that's one of the things that, no, no, I take that back. I did have it. I did have it. It was in my bag. Although I brought some stuff. Um, I quickly was like, well, nah, let me, I'll just, I'll just remain in what I'm in. Um, so with that, With my actions uh, that took place at the last UPW show, I have been formally invited by Bart Harris and the powers that be within UPW or Undisputed Pro Wrestling Texas, I think, is what they're referred to on Facebook or their social media. Um, But April 9th is the third anniversary show uh, in Santa Fe. um, And it's called Gold Rush. And I will be officially... I guess you know this. This first interaction was my, you know, obviously a surprise return. Not very many people knew about it, and so um, this is the first kind of official. Oh, we're we're announcing it ahead of time, and they have basically been gracious enough to um, give me the opportunity to speak. They're going to give me a live microphone as much time as I want, um, there are no parameters about what I can or cannot speak about, it's basically free reign and an open forum for me, and I haven't really spoken publicly for, you know, two years, give or take, so, um, yeah, I'm, um, just so thankful. To UPW and to Bart Harris for the invite, you know the second invite. Hey, you're welcome back, and um, we want to pay you to come talk and share your thoughts. And so, I'm trying to wrap my head around what I want to say. You know, on top of that, as the announcement came about um, and people shared, which I'm totally appreciative of, and. Uh, a lot of the the wonderful comments, it is also a reminder of um, my reputation of uh, being, uh, I think, as one person put it, a quote-unquote promo god. And so it's like, oh, no pressure, guys. Um, So I'm, you know, I've got a couple of weeks to really let this thing rattle in my head. I typically won't write much down. I may, you know, come up with bullet points just so that I don't, completely let it stream of consciousness uh, because while I may have as much time as possible I've got to take into account the crowd and um, so I've also got to figure out how I'm going to tackle it plus um, with the potential of them recording this means that it's going to be out there Uh, so that kind of broadens the audience so to speak I'm sure plenty of people will uh, be curious of what I will publicly say Wonk say, and what that you know, in a sense, that promo or that mic time is gonna really be about. I do know I already feel like, depending, that I will get very real about um, what I've been going through for the last couple of years, but I don't think it'll be the way people, you know, their perception of my time away and my perception of my time away are probably vastly different things so yeah but i'm gonna let it rattle in my head and i might discuss that that might be an interesting episode is just kind of before and after uh, what my initial thoughts were maybe i recorded it so i have it um and then you know the aftermath i mean the aftermath could be real interesting because it'll be truly the expectation versus reality and Um, right now I kind of have an idea. Oh, it could go like this. Um, but again, it's a new audience also. So it's, I mean, it's all new, right? Everything's new. It's 2022. So, um, and it is the infancy of this current thing, um, which I have yet to define. Um, I have plenty of like shirt ideas. Um, my wife's been... Taking a crack at, uh, you know, kind of putting my ideas into actual practice before moving forward. Um, so it's been real interesting, you know. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever come up with this many potential, like, shirt ideas or potential angles where I could take this. Um, and I already have some stuff in mind, you know, like, now I'm, I'm actually on TikTok. I've actually put out a video on there. Thanks to everyone who's watched it. Um, so yeah, I'm real interested in what and how the ninth's going to be, and um, you know, real curious about where I'm going to take it. Uh, you know, I have some ideas, like I said, but uh, enough about that. Uh, let's let's get into uh, the main the main portion of this, right? Um, now I have talked about this in various times in my life and on YouTube. Um, I think the most recent kind of breakdown of this, I guess, or that time discussing it was back in 2014. I was doing a Chronicle series kind of leading up to, I think, episode 200 or video 200, And so, um, you know, I kind of tackled a a lot of it, um, but it was a a variety of topics like getting on YouTube and the passing of Ashley. And so, um, it is on YouTube. It's on my, one of my playlists, you know, and you can hear a lot of that. And so I'm going to try my best not to be too repetitive, but again, uh, I'm looking at it like eight years later and, um, so hopefully, time has given me or will give me some much-needed perspective of it because the way I viewed it back then, and even in 2014, you know, not to mention, you know, seven, six, seven years, seven, eight years prior. Um, yeah, you know, it's crazy what time can do to perspective. Um, so. I'm going to get as probably deep as I'm comfortable getting. There might be some stuff I don't talk about that I have talked about, but again, I have talked about it. So, um, yeah, certain things I don't want to relive necessarily, but in the context of talking about it, here it is. Um, I was a big fan of Booker T. I dug him. You know, I dug him in WCW, Harlem Heat, one of my favorite tag teams, that flipping leg drop man just so athletic had so so much charisma and then you know the gi bro stuff and then becoming the champion and you know i was a huge tremendously huge fan and um you know it's uh they say hey man sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes and he was a hero um I had immense respect for anyone who did it, but at the level at which he had been doing it and was doing it at the time, we're talking King Booker when I met him, you know, King Booker. Oh my God. So fantastic. Um, I I urge everyone to just go stop this thing and go watch it. Go, go to the network or not the network, go to Peacock and like, look it up. Uh, It was genius. And on so many levels and all the, all the parts, Charmel, you know, Queen Charmel and, and, you know, it's kind of his Knights of the Round Table, but not really, you know, you, man, just epic stuff. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, I I was in a certain frame of mind when it came to PCW. I probably had said six months prior that I definitely wanted to take a break. It was shortly, you know, it was sh- I had just come back and I was like, man, I wish I'd really taken a little more time and, but you want to be back. you know, you want to be back as soon as humanly possible. You know, this is the thing you want to do. And as a performer, that's all I wanted to do was perform. That was why I did all of it. That's why the pain didn't matter. You know, it was getting to perform. So, but it messed with my head. You know, I said, man, maybe I do need a break. And you know i was running on cut at the time and um, doing creative for that and so you know i just kind of kept going and, and kind of ignored some of some of these early symptoms of it um, i was working but i was working like security at a at a strip club so You know, I had a lot of free time in the sense of, like, time to create, time time to um, think of wrestling. And I started to kind of question, like, my place in it and what I really wanted to do. I mean, ultimately, I just wanted to perform. But you want to get paid, really, top dollar. I see friends of mine getting signed and people getting developmental deals, and I'm like, I'm six years in and I have friends who know guys who are getting signed and telling me, I mean, on a microphone, I don't think anyone can touch you or you're right on par with some of the best. And then from a work rate standpoint, I was, I was okay. You know, I had, I had my moments and you know, I can sit here and like say, oh man, I blew everyone out the water, but I thought I did some pretty decent stuff. You know, I thought I could hang with names and um, I thought I had a certain believability and I don't think anyone ever really questioned my desire to perform or my desire to be competitive or, or any of that. But, um, you know, at the same time, I was, uh, I wanted to wrestle a main event style, you know, main event television style because WWE was the goal. You know, I think at some point it went from, I just want to perform, be a top performer, I'd done everything there was to do at PCW. I was a Grand Slam champion. I think it was the first guy, and for the longest time, the only guy. I was running uncut. And yet I was still like, well, I don't think they truly respect what they have in me. You know, And as a performer, you kind of want creative or whoever's running it or whoever's paying your checks, especially the busies. That was kind of my surrogate family. For all intents and purposes, I broke bread with them. You know, I sh- I spent Thanksgiving with them. You know, probably oneliest part of my uh, my life up until that point. You know, but I got to share this Thanksgiving with these, but you know, the bussies, and over time, you know, we just had became such close friends. They were family. But again, I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not getting rich and. How much longer can I do it? You know, that was always a a concern. You get into your 30s and it's like, what am I doing with my life, you know? And I always kind of, in the back of my mind, regretted not going to John Michaels. Uh, As much as I love and respect George Del Isla and Ray Campos and what they gave for me and the foundation and all of it, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, what kind of performer could I have been if I was picking Shawn Michaels' brain every day, you know, if I got, got a chance to really, like, put put together matches and have him really break them down for me and give me, like, psychology so I could be a better performer and potentially get signed, you know, especially, you know, especially in Shawn's case because guys, you've heard guys were under contract, and it's like, oh, man. um. And at some point, you know, I was at PCW long enough that I was one of the veterans there. And again, I'm six years in. And yeah, I might know my stuff, but I'm not the end-all be-all. I'm still trying to figure it out. And part of me wanted to be a student. And I had heard about Booker T's, (laughs) you know, pro wrestling school. But really just murmurs. I think my buddy Brett Basics was gonna move to Houston to be be a trainer. I think that was when I first heard about it. And it was at the time Booker and Stevie Ray were copacetic, and but that was short-lived. And so there was no real stability that, that I knew of. Um, so I was like, well, you know, and I'd ask guys that were assigned to developmental, like, should I go to Kentucky? You know, should I should I go to Florida? Should I go to Georgia? Like you were me what would you do and some were like stay where you're at you know i mean if you come here un- unless you're in mm-hmm. a contract you're paying to work work here you know, you're I get paid for the show so i'm like oh and then to move away i don't know you know i was seeing someone at the time but uh, you know it was <laughs> it was ending uh slow painful no. um and so um I don't know, you know, I was starting to really question what I was going to do. And then life kind of s- kept me wanting to stay in Arlington. I had met someone and, you know, long story short, I was enamored by her so much so that I wanted her to be part of my act. At the time I was kind of, not floundering, it, it was kind of weird. Uh, so I'm full throttle, I'm, um, I'm in the main event picture. I'm fighting, you know, some of the bigger names like Lance Hoyton and and, um, Fox and a few others, but I'm not getting any quality wins. I'm not really in the title picture. Um, I was also, you know, like our big blow off was a week before genocide. And on the flip side, I'm running uncut. And I've been notified that I won't be running uncut moving forward. Like, They gave me till the night before, I think it was genocide. Um, yeah, I want to say it was genocide. I'm gonna, yeah, it was genocide. Uh, because Lance couldn't be at the genocide taping, so they were like, Well, you'll do it the week before. Not this is, I quit match, great blow off. Um, you know, it, it's not like I hurt. Tremendously from the loss. It was a great story, and I was really a thorn in the side. So in retrospect, I was like, "Man, they are really treating me with respect." But I wasn't seeing it that way. I was a little paranoid and a little like, <clears throat> "What am I doing?" Questioning stuff, probably having an existential crisis, and really no one to talk to about it. Um, and even though Uncut, they were like gracious enough to like keep me doing it until. You know, Todd's like, I'm not taking over till after. So finish your stories, wrap them up. Let, you know, and then let's talk. And so, um, losing the Lance the week before, and then it's like, oh, new regime, it's Todd Diamond, and he makes me champ. And so I was seeing this girl, wanted to see more of her, I was like, hey, I'll be champ on Fridays, you could be my valet, and then I'll get you to be my valet on, on, uh, on Saturdays. And so I think in some ways that bought me time. It it, it stopped the burnout and it stopped the sting of losing uncut. Uh, you know, I had a conversation with Mike Bussey and I could tell that I had some some pull there, you know, and uh, for a moment there, it was like, cool. And those initial moments with Ash were great. Um, but I still lingered back in my head especially if i go to other shows and again be told by other fans or other talent like man you should really why aren't you you know further You know, even friends of mine like why aren't you signed you know why aren't you developmental it's like i don't know how that stuff works and so yeah i kind of went about my like my days and love to perform but of course you know th- those initial doubts and thoughts and kind of trying to throw my weight around and kind of being pouty and whatever have you, you know, maybe rightfully so, but at the same time, you know, I didn't let it affect my performances. It just was questioning why I'm in the position I'm in. I felt probably as a performer, I should be further along. And like, they don't see me as a, a viable, you know, talent to be in the title picture. I guess there was something that messed with my head and then, on the flip side, on Uncut, I lose the ability to create on that show, but I'm able to become the champ, and so we transition transition to the summer. Uh, Franco D'Angelo comes into my life in the form of uh, he wants to wrestle, and the busses see him and see dollar signs, rightfully so, and they were like, "We need to fast track him." So on my Uncut show, he was just there to get fed to dudes and. Uh, not get fed to dudes, t- we would feed people to him to destroy, you know, because we were fast-tracking him. You know, it's like, you're going to you're gonna learn, and he had some natural ability and charisma. And so, and I liked the dude, you know. I had no problem with him. I knew that's my replacement. He's in way better shape than I am. Um, You know, I'm not hiding it. Even at my best, it wasn't like I was ripped, you know. I was always athletic-looking, but broad-shouldered and whatnot. But it's not like I put the time, you know, as much time and effort at times I would, but didn't couldn't sustain that. Uh, but Franco, you know, he was uh, determined to get signed. And I respect that, you know, about him. And we became fast friends, uh, you know, in many ways, because, hey, it, it worked for both of us. Um, but again, I'm getting thoughts in my head and Todd's Diamond's run as creative was going to be coming to an end pretty quickly. The locker room seemed to just, it just became a mess. I probably didn't help things because uh, I was I was in rarefied ego trip mode and I had my valet to kind of feed it, right? Um, but it, it 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 kept me going to PCW because there was a part of me that wanted to walk at one point. Uh, probably after I lost Duncutt I was like, "And I'm losing the Lance. Like, just kick me, kick me while I'm down, kind of deal." No offense to Lance or the story or anything like that, but again, in your mind, when you're not thinking rationally, you you think along the lines of like, "Oh, they don't really respect me. Oh, they don't really value me." When that was the opposite, and like I couldn't see it, and um, yeah, but I think I was self-aware enough to go, "Well, something needs to change." I just need to figure out what that was. And maybe going and doing a, a developmental would help because, again, it's I, I need to learn. There's probably stuff I'm still not doing right. I need to learn. And so, you know, I tried to find places that would have seminars or, you know, somewhat tryouts like Dreamer had something. Um, and then I caught wind of a WWE tryout. I think Franco knew about it. Um, Dreamer had his list he was kind of heading up that thing but we had heard Booker had his own school I was like oh wow and Frank was like we should go check it out and had he not said that I probably would not have done it that's probably as far as it would have gotten is talking about it and I would have just maintained my, my you know my trajectory at PCW let's keep doing this I've got Ashley on the show now like I mean this great feud with BJ where you know I'm the Uncut champion. I'm going, I'm ripping through people. I'm like I'm undefeated. you know, I'm like just ripping through all their heroes kind of deal. It is uh, Steve DeMarco in God mode at that point. Um, at least on Uncut. And then in full throttle, I was I was still a viable act and with you know with Ashley as Tavy, like our the act gave me enough heat and I beat action Jackson and a kiss of my foot match, but you know, he ultimately got the the win. And so there there was this period of like, Oh man, you know, I'm doing some pretty good stuff. And so it just kind of fueled like, man, if I get looked at by the right people, whew. So again, they're going to have this little tryout. It's going to be a book school. Frank was like, let's go up there maybe a week before and just introduce ourselves and see what happens. I was like, all right, let's try it. You know, we'll go, we'll get, get dressed. We'll come, we'll go look at the place and that's what we did. And we walk in there. And they're training. And I'm like blown away by the facility so far. you know. And, but it's a big, you can tell, like no air conditioning. It's like, oof, this is a dojo in essence. And it's like, you know, my my mindset of like a hard knocks type of facility. But it's like, man, this is probably, this is what I need. Um, and so we run into book but i think right before that i see charlie haas he's kind of helping out and he and i had you know hung out backstage and been on you know been at pcw a few times so we got to interact and got to see me perform and so he um thankfully thought highly of me um he was always so 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 nice to me about my abilities, and I always appreciated that, because, you know, again, the guy had been to places and was legit, and I had immense respect for him, so to hear that, but he, at the right time, sang my praises to the right person, because here comes Booker T. um, Booker is exactly what you would expect Booker to be. When he is in front of people, much probably like me, I I say we're similar in this respect, you're on. For whatever reason you're on, you're projecting this persona. And it is an extension of you, but it's not always you. Um, and if it is it's always you, you burn, probably gonna burn out. I know I have a tendency to do that. But here's Booker Lars and wife, King Booker. And I was just starstruck, man. And he was so welcoming almost immediately, but it helped. You know, here's Charlie Haas, and I think Charlie's like, you know, I was like Steve Marco, Frankie D'Angelo, and nice to meet you. Da, da, da. You know, we're talking, you know, kind of about to break the ice. Charlie Haas pops in, it's like, Book, Steve Marco, he's got the goods, man. He's solid. You really should should give a, give him a look. And books like really, he's like, oh yeah, man. And you know that's big. Uh, Charlie didn't have to do that. Yeah, it would be nice about any of it. You know, he could have busted my balls at that point. Uh, but, man, he was a real stand-up dude, and that always kind of struck this certain chord with me. Um, it it was beyond, it was the perfect introduction to Book. And so Book very, you know, quickly was like, well, you know, they are having a trial. You know, Tommy's got his list. Uh, you know, consider yourselves on, on my list. I'll see you. And we're like, oh, what? oh, man, thank you so much. And he's like, you know, just be here, blah, 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 And And, um, whew, what, what an impression. You know, at that point, I thought, this is my uh, second chance to work with a legend. You know, have them guide me, and potentially this could lead to a, a major contract. Because at this point, it's like, I really want to get paid to do this. Um, not that I don't love it, but, man, I would love a lot of people to see me and know me and know me for my abilities in the ring or my abilities on the mic or whatever. I could, you know, I felt like I I could belong in a major corporation or a major company. And, you know, I thought I had crossover appeal and all that, so... um Then the tryout happens. <clears throat> and I've, I've talked about it at length, so what I'll say is it started a little rough, but I nailed my promo. I was the first one to do one. Everyone took note. It ended on a high note, and it ultimately ended with the invite from book. Um, and it didn't sound like it was a normal thing because I was had been working on the indies, and I, not that I was the only one. I know a plethora of those guys were not just fresh students. But you know, I hadn't seen a lot. I know Kevin Bernhardt was there, and this was, you know, he had, first time he met me was when I was running uncut in a very, oh man, it's just terrible, terrible uh, situation. That that's a whole whole another story for a whole another time. But uh, you know, we didn't hit it off too well initially. Uh, but you know, I'm happy to say that since then, we've we our friendship has definitely grown. And I love that dude, you know, and I wish him and yeah, reality of the best of luck. but on to, to, this. So, um, after the invite, I knew that that was my next step. Um, you kind of hear whisperings of what, what could potentially be. You, you think, okay, a hall of fame, you know, potential hall of famer, but a guy who's actively on the roster now he's running a school, you know, a WWE is going to look at this. Probably, you know, because it's a, it's a source of potential talent and, um, you know, so I'm like, well, if this is like almost, this is in essence going to a developmental and paying, but I didn't have to drive like halfway across the country. I'm only going to be a few hours from Arlington. So, uh, this blossoming relationship can continue, um, you know, I've got my place in, at PCW. Um, I'm not leaving this moment. And this is right before Fight went survived that, 2006. Um, so, again, I've kind of gone over this stuff. There is footage of the Andy Dalton match. I think it's a two-parter. He wasn't, you know, hadn't really made a name for himself. This was kind of his name-making um coming out party so to speak, you know, especially at Uncut. And he had been a guy that had just, you know, kind of been in a certain spot. And day one, Richard Hill, like, we're gonna make a change. And it was, you know, to also prelude Fight When Survive and a team aspect. And when I look back at it, I'm like, man, they protected me. Because they had everyone, you know, it was so much chaos and all of it, right? And, you know, Ash got to speak and so, again, we're kind of building upon the act. So, like, going into that weekend, I didn't have any, like, oh, I'm going to move and quit PCW. Um, I was still like, well, I could still be a student and still perform here. Like, But I think I was also going, man, they're just, you know, they're not really utilizing me. Because I was I was really into my feelings, I guess, about wins and losses at that point. Just felt like I should be a bigger part of the show, not realizing, like, how much TV time I was getting in the grand scheme of things. And the fact that I had, you know, my, uh, this woman, you know, this girl I was saying on the show, like, I should have kind of guessed, oh, I'm more important than, than I'm, I'm thinking that I am, you know, I carry weight here. I always felt like I didn't. And that's another story for another time. But um, after the BJ match, and losing and then getting the towel thrown in. I thought, well, I could take a break. I don't necessarily want to do Fight with Survive. This is big gimmicky stuff. And I'm like, but part of it, like just doesn't want to come back right away. I just don't know, you know. I didn't know what the next step was. I looked at the towel being thrown in as kind of representative of me throwing in the towel overall. Like I was kind of done with PCW for a bit. And maybe I just wanted to be a student for a little bit. I thought, oh, well, books are gonna be there. I need to be there as much as humanly possible. You know, like I kind of gotta ingratiate myself into this new ecosystem. I can't be doing both. I you know, as 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 the night wore on and after the loss, I mean you know, I was talking to Ashley and Franco and I was just kind of like in my head going, I can't keep doing this. Um, I'm not gonna get any better. This is, you know, trash man. You know, like I was going through this myriad of emotions and um You know, it's just emotions were kind of heightened and, um, you know, it's kind of also questioning like other things, you know, life things and going, man, I just can't keep doing this. I can't be here making, you know, this little amount to perform and, you know, I need to get signed man. I need to be under major contract. Imagine if I got signed, right. You know, then this, this girl I like, I can take her places or, you know, uh, I can be doing the thing that I think I should be doing, which is being a WWE, you know, superstar. And I think over dinner, you know, and maybe a couple of drinks, I I started to kind of not really weigh the pros and cons because reality it's like I was living pretty much a, a pretty blessed life at that point, all things considered, you know, um, not everything was great. It's, you know, I think part of it's like, well, I don't want to have to travel back and forth. Uh, I think I tried that with Franco a couple of times. And it's just like trying to figure, you know, it's just trying to figure stuff out. I hadn't quite figured it out. I thought eh, maybe moving would be better. I had family there and friends would. So, uh, you know, part of me is like, maybe that is the route to go. At least temporarily, you know, I can look into contract work, you know, had start doing stuff there. And I think I was just soured to the idea that, you know, they're just going to continuously try to beat me. They're just going to keep beating me. Like they have no intention of of doing anything with me. And I'm like a, you know, Grand Slam champion. I need to make them mess me. I need, I need the world to see, you know, so that PCW can see, I think was part of it too. So I had this chip on my shoulder and, you know, book basically said like, whenever you want to come and I'm like, money's a little tight, you know, he's like, We'll work it out. Yeah, it's a thirty five hundred dollar investment, but he's willing to let me work with me to to make this happen. You know, and we'll we'll figure it out, man. Figure it out. If you want to come down here that bad, like I ain't gonna stop you. I can be the reason. You know, I'm gonna welcome you in. We we'll figure it out. You know, you'll get a job or something. You you'll figure it out. I, I'm I have faith in you. I'm like all right. And so right after that match, I think in the wee hours of the morning, you know, like, I'm all in my head about stuff. I am not enjoying my time. And I, mean, I should have. In retrospect, I should have. I should have taken a breath. I called friends of mine seeking, like, sought my most religious friend, uh, the most the most believed, the person who believes the most, that, you know, in my heart, I think that he does, um, what should i do i reached out to you know people in developmental uh what should i do and yeah part is like well if i go there and i have no plan but to be there that will make the most of it and um, i'm going to impress them so much and there'll be agents there and you know within six months i'll get signed And so I'm like, but I've got to be there. I've got to be there. It can't be a situation where I just show up when he's there. I need to be there all the time to, again, ingratiate myself into this system and to be a student again, to humble myself to the process, you know, and to, like, not have everything figured out. And, um, you know, I will say, I think Ashley was like, I believe in you. And I think that's all the extra little motivation I needed. And so I probably five, six in the morning have a conversation with uh, Richard Hill. I'm like, I'm done. And there's not anything he could say. I just was like, I'm done. I'm moving. You know, have a good life kind of deal. I think, I, I don't think it was very, uh, yeah I to this day, I could understand if Richard has feelings about me in some retrospect because of how i uh, just so abruptly left stuff. I probably rationalized it with the well, we threw in the towel, like I could be gone till after no I think I was like man i'm I'm gone. I think at some point, I was like, man, I'll get signed by w w e and I'll come back with a major title and like again in my head that I was going to set the industry on fire as soon as I got there. And again, I was like basing it on my promo ability and my ability to work with others. And um, I didn't feel like I stood out. You know, I I felt like I fit into that kind of, like fit in with WWE. And Booker was going to be the person that guided me to there, you know, that not necessarily had to put a seal of approval or stamp of me, but just guide me So that I kind of avoid some of the hurdles that will be the pitfalls for all of us, right? And so, yeah, I think I know Ashlyn Adam. because I I know she loved performing. She finally got to be on the mic, and you know it was a major storyline element. And when I think about it, like she threw in the towel, like what? Yeah, you know, we could go we could have gone so many places with it. And here's the truth, like up until Christmas Chaos, one you know, Book's only there once a week, if if that, because he's again, King Bookah. There's no there's no getting around that. He has maybe one day out of the week and he's gonna spend it with us, but the rest of the week he is not there. And even though I wanted to ingratiate myself to the new environment, I think there was a part of me that wanted to be away from PCW, wanted them to miss me, wanted them to hit me back up. You know, there was a part of me that needed the break physically from a standpoint of being kind of in a lead position for so long. Like, I was burnt out. So I needed the break in that respect and to shift my focus from that to bettering myself because i wasn't going to as long as i was a pcw now not with any real change and you know, i got prepared for the trial but after that you know it's again you get kind of complacent and so um i think i move that next day you know i call up my uh, in essence a cousin of the family and uh, of mine and He was gracious enough. He had a space for me and my stuff for the time being, and I kind of made my way. So here's the thing that also kind of complicated matters and started to make me doubt what I was doing. Um, My ego took a big shot. You know, Booker really opened my eyes and showed me my deficiencies and then constantly always pointed them out and it was rough for me. Um, because I was also trying to be Steve Demarco, but really not able to really gain my confidence in that. Uh, I can't say I'm a terrible practicer, but there are times where I lose sight, there's a crowd. You know, if in practice, I don't think about it. Um, and it doesn't always flow well. And I'm always just like, uh, I guess in that. And since I was always trying to be the perfect teammate, I knew I had the ability. So it wasn't so much like, oh, well, I've, yeah, I've got to show you what I can do now, man. I'm showing you what they can do. Um, maybe you see some some of that, you know? Oh, he, he's able to formulate or whatever. And again, psychology, man, he taught me a lot early, quickly. You know, it was uh, it was always well well worth the knowledge. But again. He's there once a week, and once we started getting into Christmas Chaos, the first one, I wasn't working anyone on the show. I think there was a time where they had these guys they were going to call Krill, um, and they had three members, but one of the members had hurt his shoulder in practice, and uh, the other member was Jessica James. She was... uh, She'd become Lady Poison. And it was between me and my buddy Adrian who was going to take this guy's place. And Adrian got it, thankfully. And he turned it into his own thing. He did face paint. It was really creative. I was always a big fan of their team, Uh, especially the trio um, with uh, Honcho or Steve. Uh, There's a lot of Steve's. Uh, So Honcho. Um, But... um, my opponent was going to be Umaga. And so Book was like, "I, I, there's nothing for me to rehearse with you. There's nothing for me to look for you because, you know, when you work in, it's going to be that style of match and you're going to be fine. You know, like I have all the faith in the world that you can do exactly what needs to be done for, for that particular match and for that particular show. And, you know, he's like, I believe in you, man. Do, you know, you do what you got to do. And so within like, I got there in late July, from August to December. It you know it it's there all the time, but only seeing the book once a week, and then realizing as we get closer to December that oh well I'm wrestling a WWE superstar who's on the on the rise you know so I know what my job is. Um, so I'm not getting any real reps, and so I ask him, hey, do you think it'd be okay for me to start performing again? And he's like, "Well, where at?" And I was like, "Oh, PCW, this, that, the other." Um, he had no i concept of wanting to put out a YouTube video or anything like that, you know. But uh, PCW is on the cusp of doing like streaming video, and in, in it's infancy kind of. And I've been talking to Ash, and she was like, "I miss it. You know, it's been a couple of months. I think they'd want you back, and you know, I think we'll." Uh, if anything, we can we can make something of it. And she's like, if nothing else, then we get to perform with each other. And I was like, you know what? What else am I doing, right? I'm gonna die by, you know, a manga maybe a week or two later. Let let me go have some fun. And Book was cool with it. He was, you know. Um, he was pretty cool with that stuff, and I'll talk about that in a sec. So I had returned to PCW. Ash started with Came out with Franco. That was a big shock. They hadn't seen her since Fight When Survived. So we're talking like almost six months. Crowd reacted to her. I came out. I helped out Franco. Walked out with her. Me and Franco looked like we were going to be a duo, I think. Um, And they were like, you know, we want to bring you back. But it is kind of a let's see how it goes because, you know, how I left them and that was totally fair. Uh, So I was like, well, I could start traveling. And I think that's the first time I brought up, like, me and her traveling. And I thought she was down for it. You know, she sounded pretty excited about it because I think performing was something she liked to do. Kind of over the winter, she had sent me uh, a a link to a YouTube video. That was the first video I'd ever seen. Uh, Sent me some stuff via streaming, like (laughs) real infancy stuff, like flip phone uh, video content. So not the greatest, um, not the greatest uh, quality, but again, you know, the technology of how it's grown Um, and YouTube fascinated me early on the idea of videos being shared by whoever and if you had a camcorder and a computer, you could, you know, you could, uh, you could load up some stuff, you know, they they weren't looking at like production companies. That wasn't a thing until certain stories broke, but initially you were like, oh, this is like ordinary people. It's like, man, if only I had a camera, but money was tight, you know, and I was also trying to pay my way through book and whatnot. Um, And I was working for a law firm, but it was temp work, so I didn't get any of the benefits, but you know, I was on their radar to like, possibly remain it's like oh that's that's a, a job of benefit that's a career job or at least the, well, like the <coughs> job employment time you I know mean, that's gonna be years um, after the umaga match I don't know you know book was really complimentary of it there were agents there they were complimentary of it umaga was complimentary of it I mean everybody who saw it was like man Margaret, you look like you fit in. That, that's how it felt. And then Maga's like, man, if I come back and they're able to pair us up again, you know, I'll, I'll give you some offense. Because he was bulldozing people, literally. You know, I'm talking Triple H and John Cena. Like, who am I? I'm local. I'm local. Like, hope story that's not going to be very helpful. Um, <clears throat> and from there, it was like, oh, I got, you know, well, you're still paying your dues. You're doing security for the for the January show, February show. Russell, my buddy Russell, who was dog him, he had a ballet hindsight book. Really made me out to be super competitive. You know, it took both of them to beat me, and it, it's his type of match. And but you know, it was like, no, man, I like you know, we're gonna do something with you. You know, it's just a matter of like we're establishing other people and. Uh, don't think you're a role player. You know, that's the last thing you want to think. And, you know, I I mean, that motivated me. And so February going into March, I knew, okay, I'm going to go back at to PCW. They're going to have this benefit show, uh, Sanders Claws, uh, Jeffrey Yaws is, you know, super fan and uh, became a wrestling personality, so to speak. And, uh, you know, rest in peace. And we were doing a benefit show for him and Deon Sanders was going to be there. So it's going to be this big deal. <clears throat> and they were going to put me in something that was going to showcase me and her, I think. And I think we were, you know, at that point it was like, we really want to do something with you. And we've got Franco and whatnot. So um, <clears throat> I think we could really do something with you guys. So PCW was looking promising. And I was like, man, how can I get booked to see this stuff? I'm like YouTube, right? You know, like, man, I really need to get on the ball with that stuff. Um, so early March hits, yeah, you know, March 2007, like March 6th. Um, and I'm I'm jotting down ideas and this, that, the other, and I end up talking to Ash for for a number of hours, way into the night. I just found out I was going to be permanent with the law firm, so I was set benefits, which is paramount for, for a wrestler. You know, you get any nicks and bruises or worse, insurance, dental, and a steady paycheck and a raise, and, like, they understood I was, you know, the the, the, the main people that needed to know knew I was wrestling, and but it wasn't a big deal, you know. At the end of that point, I could have, if I – gotten a raw smackdown type of deal or um, I could have taken the time off and there wouldn't have been a problem. Um, And I remember talking to Ash and like the, you know, that, the idea of that raise and that, and this, that, the other really set in motion the idea of like, okay, well, we could really legitimately travel. And I'm like, but we really need to develop our own personas that, you know kind of transcend companies because the companies will just try to do whatever with us, you know, but if we could really, you know, uh, control our own narrative, so to speak, then um it could be beneficial. And so I think originally the idea was, oh man, I get this camera, we could do like four minute, 20 second videos, you know, 420 and, um, you know, we could do just these little vignettes of us interacting, and I—I I don't even know if I was really married to even the four minute twenty second idea. I think I was like, we just need stuff that showcases both of us, and maybe I was like, oh man, you know, maybe a little not in the uh, not in the like Pam and Tommy Lee in the sense of like they're both filming, uh, not in the other uh, you know connotation. Just the idea of like we're two personalities like going on the road sh- sharing our lives or a piece of it and i thought man that'd make a pretty good youtube video i mean you got me you got her oh we could really sell the act and once we start filming stuff i can you know it's youtube i don't have to have a tape or anything i can just go hey book here's an let me shoot you an email this is the here's the girl i was talking about and Here's one of the videos that you know where where you can see her doing like her ballet stuff, and um, I was on. I think I you know was like look, I need to talk to you. You know, probably you know after after that Jeffrey Yaws benefit, he's like, all right, you know, when well when you get back, we'll we'll talk, man. <clears throat> so March sixth sounded really promising, and I had this really long conversation. We talked kind of a concept, and uh, you know I. I've been hanging out with Paul London here and there and he had a place called the Lucha Lounge and I thought, man, that might even be a good idea for a, a place, you know, that way we're at some, some place that people want to get into kind of deal. Lucha Lounge, it just sounded cool and it kind of fit the vibe and, you know, I probably would have given Paul all kinds of credit. Um, Sadly, I probably didn't give him enough credit, even though I mentioned it as much as I did. I still probably should have done something else. Um, and she liked it. And I thought, you know, we were at the end of that phone call. I, I just had all these positive thoughts. Um, Cause I knew I probably would be on March in sub capacity, probably to continue the thing with dog Cheatham. Hopefully maybe I could talk him into having her, you know, uh, Maria was a great Performer and would have taken really good care of her, and so this this could have been something. Maybe he says no, right? But God, if I have that footage, you know, the show's like on the 20, 20 something of March, and this is like before, you know, around St. Patty's Day, so it'd be a little rough. But I was already getting the equipment that I needed. You know, like I had a laptop. <laughs> you know, it's all rudimentary. You had all these things you needed, all these moving pieces you needed. Um, but I was gathering them slowly but surely. How deep do I really get when it comes to this next part? I've talked about it for a number of years. At one point every year, I would talk about it on the anniversary because Thursday, March 8th, 2007 was like any other day. I know March 9th, I went and saw 300 when it premiered, tried to get my mind off of things. I still have a Cobra Kai shirt that I bought at Hot Topic. Um, I wrote a lot of stuff on MySpace. Um, The wake was terrible. There was a tragic beauty about the funeral. We had had such a great conversation. Even that day, via messaging, you know, like, texts, come get me. I think it was one, like, early that morning. And there's always been a part of me that's like, what if I'd seen that? And as opposed to just like, oh, I need to stay at this job. Just been like, you know what, I'm taking a day off. Sorry, guys, I'm not feeling well. That might have prevented me from taking, like, a week worth of bereavement. I think, man, if I had had the camera sooner, like got it for my birthday and over Christmas or over that time where, you know, we're doing, um, you know, we're doing triple Xmas at PCW. Maybe we start filming that and I start putting videos out in the first of January as opposed to, to, uh, late March or nearly the first of April and how things would have been different. Or if I had just ended up staying as opposed to moving to Houston. Like if I just stayed in Arlington and and went with Franco every week and just been like, we've got to make this a point or who knows, maybe at some point I'm like, Hey Ash, let's go. Or like I asked some of my other friends who ended up at books to join me on car trips and had them there sooner And maybe my confidence level wouldn't have been shot. And then really, you know, kind of went to the rock bottom of confidence levels after she passed. You know, do I talk about the fact that, you know, I'd find out later that this guy, the guy who murdered her and then killed himself, like told people he was going to do it, at least killing, killing her like it. Had said it, weeks, days, months, leading up to it. Guy was married, he had a kid. All well, I go, Jackson's older. That guy doesn't have a father. That kid didn't have a father. But I've talked about all of it. And it, it's still hard to, to a large degree. Um, needless to say, it, um, changed my life. I was, for the longest time, never quite the same. Um, and I I say it in this respect to try to clarify it. Steve DeMarco was always my shield, kind of my suit of armor. Like Iron Man, it's the suit. Uh, You know, Bruce Wayne, it's the Batman suit. Uh, Clark Kent, it's me removing the glasses and it's Superman. That was the persona, the embodiment of what I always wanted to be or how I always wanted to exude that confidence or whatever had you, Steve DeMarco. Or DeMarco had no weaknesses. And... um, I rarely, as often as I was kind of in that skin of that guy, I rarely encountered any major setbacks and injuries here and there, but I always found a way and I would find a way and I was going to get signed because, uh, you know, they needed Steve DeMarco. There was no show without him. But the day she died, like a big dent, a big crack, Big slice through that pure ego happened. Her death like made me spiral. At you know, <laughs> I'm just finding myself at PWA. I'm you know kind of in and book's good graces, and after that, I think you know once I shared with him, which was the day that it happened. You know, I remember going into his office talking to him and Charmel and. And Marty, our boogeyman, and bearing my soul, you know this is, that this is what I know. This is what happened. You know, I was like, book. I was going to come to you and talk to you about, you know, seeing if she could be on the show. I was going to show you videos. I know you're a fan. You know, you were friends with Action Jackson back in the day, and like, I've got this kiss my foot match that I think's pretty, pretty fucking entertaining. You know, like I and she did magnificent in that and i think it's the the thing we would need and for you know and I, I think i shared that and he's like well, wrestling will always be here for you know you just you let me know how much time you need you take all the time you need but i have found that wrestling will will ease that pain and i mean they were all very comforting and i tried to find solace in it especially those that did reach out From Terry Stevens to Richard Hill to, to everyone, everyone and anyone who, who, you know, who um, sent me anything or has ever sent me anything in in regards to that, uh, you know, minus anyone who would, who would say anything negative. um, It's always really impacted me. And that whole event, that whole time. You know, because <clears throat> again, it hit so close to home. You know, I had I was at PCW, and instead of making my return like on, on this grand, you know, kind of grandiose thing, I came back and, uh, you know, my subsequent return was to tell the audience that she had died and endure a 10-bell ten, ten salute that I think I had seven. And I ran to the back and like collapsed. I was just, you know, that was on a cut and, you know, then the y'all show happened and I almost quit walking into, down the ramp. I almost like circled the circled the, circled the ring and I'm like, eh, I'm done. Just keep my music playing and y'all can like try to figure it out. But, you know, BJ was there and he came back and it, it kind of uh, poetic and beautiful in so many ways. And, you know, I knew that was BJ's, you know, Turner's way of telling me, like, I'm here for you, brother, I love you, and I'm going to help you get through this, and he did. You know, everyone who tried to be so kind in those days, especially the early, early days when it was really fresh, they will always have my gratitude um, because I was just not easy to deal with. Um, I was suicidal for six months. Um, I didn't want to feel like that. I had this feeling of like death was following me, which is probably very true for all of us, you know, because we're, none of us make it out of here alive. Uh, so we should all be just so enamored with the fact that we get today where, you know, we get this moment. It taught me that, but it also ramped up the idea of your mortality. And I'm, I could no longer not face the fact that, and there had been death throughout my life. But <clears throat> nothing uh, of such, you know, man, it just made you like, what? You know, all the variables, when you really look at it, it never should have happened um and i was never quite the same at books i just you know wrestling was no longer an escape it was a reminder pcw was a big reminder couldn't be in that locker room you know especially you know we shared that locker room it was it was just hauntingly you know just oh it was not i couldn't do it i tried numerous times and like as long as we were in that building it was like i think that's you know one of the time you know it's like oh my god you know and again i wasn't like in the area when it happened you know i was in houston um i made it down you know i was there for the wake i was there for the people but it wasn't like i was in town that day because i guarantee i would have been at the place more than likely i would have been in the building when it happened. So God only knows, right? But I was hours away in Houston and working and like thinking that's where, where I needed to be. And um, The rest of my time in PWA honestly was as much of, you know, probably until I get into IWE was um, just a haze of... Why am I here? (laughs) You know, nothing gave me joy. I mean, I might have fleeting moments. uh, But a lot of that came after IWE. I think, you know, it took me some time to really. And some of it was like not sharing it with coworkers. Some of it was, you know, not talking about it when I should have talked about it. Some of it was just. You know, I, I try to seek therapy, I think, through utilizing YouTube as a therapeutic tool by just putting out stuff and even at that point, muting myself in some respects and censoring myself and that really being very forthcoming with everything Uh, because I was in such, I mean, especially those early videos, I look at them like the first six or so where I'm wearing sunglasses, I'm in the car and it's like, you know, this, you know, I, I, go back now and go, well, it was therapeutic at the time, but I really wish sometimes that hadn't been my introduction into the world, so to speak, at least in the YouTube community. But I was hurting, and that was the method I used because I even with therapy, it was just about getting out. Um... You know, the truth is, like, hey, I got to face Umaga. I got to, you know, face Franco. I got to, you know, be in, in some good stuff. And Book took care of me. I mean, I, I never really, you know, I may, may have won one or two matches my entire time there. But it wasn't like I was giving him a lot to to work with. I was still a pretty competent performer. And, you know, at times I'd have flashes of, like, where I, I gave. Uh, you know, I cared about what I was doing. But if I was in a haze, I was in a haze. And uh, I was easy to rattle and easy to be in my own head. And that led to, you know, being very unprofessional. Very unprofessional at a show. Um, For Mike Page, I think the Overboys were there. It's like, I had arrived anytime I was on a show with the Overboys. I just remember uh, Mike Fox saying something about... My catchphrase, was, was very similar to his, and he had every right. Normally I wouldn't have reacted, but it was like, someone said, did you hear what he just said? And I was like, saw red and was beyond unprofessional. I've apologized to Fox since, but I, you know, I mean, Hill was there and it was like, "I oh, we're bringing you back to PCW. And man, just, just be on your best behavior. And the next thing I did was like, try to get into a fistfight with Mike Fox. And luckily Mike was pro enough to, you know, not cripple me um, or let it escalate beyond what it needed to escalate, you know, and I was, I was lost for a while, even when I thought I was, you know, finding myself and certain things, just still, um, I will say this, uh, you know, about my time at PWA, at least that initial part, there was a part where I just truly knew that it was not going to be the place for me at that point in my life and in my career. And that I was probably better off just going elsewhere, doing anything else, being anywhere else. Um, I probably thought the ship to being in WWE had sailed. And truthfully, I thought... If you, before March 8th, 2007, I probably thought, if I can get this thing with Ashley, if I can get Booker to see it, I'll at least get a legitimate enough look that, you know, not that he's going to put a stamp of approval, but he'll put it out there on his, you know, maybe I can make something of it with YouTube and whatnot and really kind of maybe the right person sees it and I can legitimately get signed. I thought I would, man, I, I'm, I'm where I need to be and I'm with who I need to be with, and if I can showcase them that side of me with this act, then I think the sky's the limit kind of deal. Um, but you fast forward, I think 2009, by that point, I'm like, whatever. And I remember there being an incident you know, that required a, a mandatory meeting And I hadn't really been going at that point. I mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking maybe two years prior or 18 months prior, me being there all the time. And now I'm rarely there and I live in the city and I'm not that far from it. I work really close to the venue. And I, you know, just never felt like I was uh, truly part of the team in many ways, especially after all that, you know, I just never did. Didn't matter. Didn't matter if you put me with, you know, the pride and surf and surge and you, you know, we're, we're part of team three D's school. We've defected and uh, we're calling ourselves the elite. Yeah, it didn't matter. Uh, yeah, it didn't matter if you got me a singles one, whatever. Um, Yeah, that's, and plus I've talked about all that. So I will say this, you know, there was a meeting and basically through it, Booker was like, if you think this is a gateway to a bigger promotion, like WWE TNA, it is not. And I was like, that's all I need to do. And I mean, it didn't take much longer for me. And plus at that point books now taking me out of shows, my attitude is truly, truly toxic. Probably at that point, you know, I probably needed to, to, you know, separate. Um, I was thinking my, you know, my 10 to seven job was, was more important than, cause I was given more opportunity, you know, that, downsize. And I was the reason they downsized because I could do the job of a few others. And I was like, well, maybe this is, you know, this is benefits and stuff, man. Like wrestling. Yeah. I think at some point it's like, I'm not making it. So my window closed. You know, uh, my YouTube videos are what they are. Um, I always think, man, if I could really have executed those, um, know I I was in my head a lot and so when I parted ways it it came at the right time IWE was shortly thereafter and the pain started to lessen and I really you know kind of saw myself out of the darkness at that point and um you know, it took a lot of friends and people to be close to me. And uh, despite my efforts to separate from people, they wouldn't allow it. And, um, you know, then it got to a point where I stopped considering the idea of ending it. And I was growing to really be fall back in love with performing and wrestling and, you know, creating and this, that, the other. And again, IWE and then everything that's. Moved on. So um, I often tell people, or at one point when I was in, uh, you know, deep within like being inspiring, I guess, or at least give people food for thought, I would always say, like, don't let your worst moment be your last moment. You know, we all know how it's going to end. So why force the hand, right? You know, one way, just. Let, let's just uh, enjoy the moment, right? Um, and don't let the worst one be the last one. And that got me through a lot of stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think if anything, I, part of me is like, oh, I only wish I'd just stayed at PCW and not let it end as sourly as it ended initially because that company had done really right by me for so long. And the busies to me were like family, so... Um, I shouldn't have been in so my head about it. I probably should have talked to someone within it, um, and been a little more forthcoming with what I was going through. And probably that conversation would have led to, you know, kind of the realization that, that I'm, you know, it is in my head, a lot of that negative stuff. And plus, you know, getting to perform and, um, at a place that was my home, you know, with someone I was close to and a lot of people I, you know, deeply respected. And, and you know, again, I, I wish my time at PWA had been more beneficial for me in the sense of, you know, um, I wish I could have gotten out of my own head while I was there. Um, and it was always a regret, which, again, I try to rectify when I um, joined Reality Wrestling. So, um You know, the next, the next episode probably, if I do one next week, will cover 15 years on YouTube, uh, probably more in long form. I know I will probably be releasing a video because um, it's only right, you know, 15 years in. Um, and I have some ideas for some concepts that I would really like to do. On YouTube or in just in video form, um, but I think I'm not going to do anything long form on YouTube. I'm going to more or less do um, if I talk long form about it, it will be on the next episode. I'll probably talk about a couple of other things. I know next weekend is also WrestleMania, so I'm sure. Who knows? Maybe I, you know. Maybe I can convince my wife to come back on, and but if I can't convince her. You know, it's not, uh, it's not gonna be for a lack of trying. Um, yeah, I appreciate all of you that have taken the time to listen to this. And, um, you know, I, I do want to, in closing, like everyone who was part of PWA or PCW at those times, definite for a very variety of reasons have, uh, are, are in my heart. And, uh, you know, the thing about perspective, when you can look back at it, I can go, there were some great times, even in the thralls of a lot of it. You know, there were some definite great moments and, um, you know, it, it's great to look back and at least be able to uh, say that. So thanks again to all of you for uh, listening. I might uh, you know post a question here or there. So if you have any input, please feel free to provide it. And until the next time, I hope to see you guys on down the road.